Evening team, thank you for joining me tonight or listening back on the podcast if you are. Tonight we are talking all things movement and training and the aim of tonight's session is to be able to understand how we can move and how we can train efficiently, the different types of movement, different types of training and how we can fit it into your schedule and ultimately how you can, dare I say it, actually enjoy the process as well. Now, before we go into the session, I want to talk about why I don't personally talk about exercise. The reason being is that exercise for most people, for most of us, conjures up feelings of freezing cold pee lessons out in the pouring rain and the wind and just horribleness of, of, of outdoor uh, secondary school PE, or it conjures up forced fun, or it conjures up running on a treadmill at the gym because you feel you need to basically burn calories. And it basically it brings up these thoughts of exercise being a way to lose weight or to a way to make ourselves be smaller and for me we are missing the magic of movement when we think about exercise being that very one-dimensional thing because actually the fact that it burns calories is a, is a little bit by the by and doesn't really matter because if we forget about exercise and we think about training training is purposeful it is positive it's productive it's this thing that allows us to get stronger and more resilient and fitter and faster and less injury prone and all these other benefits that we can get from training our bodies and training doesn't just give the benefit of physical adaptations in the body and physical changes for me training is about the mind and hear me out on this a while ago i used to go to the gym and lift weights because i wanted to look like some bloke on the front of a magazine right never quite got there unfortunately um, but i wanted to i had this image in my mind as, as a 20 something year old that i needed to look like this physical person this physical aesthetic to be good enough to be uh, a man to be whatever and that's what i was training towards and all of my sessions were geared towards looking like someone i was never going to look like because it's not in my dna right no we, we none of us can look exactly like as an, uh, as another person and for years i actually hated training i thought i enjoyed it or i thought i thought i could get through the sessions but i never realized how much i could actually enjoy the process and nowadays i train pretty much solely for my mental health because it makes me feel good it's space away from work it's space away from other people it's a nice sort of little bit of solace for myself that i really really appreciate and very much value now so it's another reason to go i don't punish myself with workouts that i don't enjoy and i'm not training for anyone else's approval or validation or to make myself look a certain way and as soon as i made that switch from exercise to look like a, a particular aesthetic to training that's purposeful that i enjoy that is good for my mental health everything changed i actually enjoyed going to the gym and it was far less of a struggle to get myself there so i know that there'll be lots of misconceptions about exercise there'll be lots of um limiting beliefs for a lot of us there'll be lots of preconceptions of what it means you right now will hold a very particular image of what exercise means in your mind right you'll be thinking of certain things and most of them you probably won't enjoy I want you to let go of all that tonight and I want you to just completely open your mind and try your absolute best not to come at this from with any kind of bias. OK, I want you to open your mind and get rid of any sort of prejudgments that you've got and just allow me to explain what different types of movement are and ultimately land on something that you will enjoy. OK, so that's what we're doing tonight. So, as always, a little quote to kick us off then. And this is sort of in line with what I just said about your own conceptions of exercise and training and movement and the rest of it. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, 
change the way you think about it. Now, again, pretty much this is what I was just, this is what I just mentioned about, um, sorry, just sorting this out. Okay, cool. And this is what I was just meant, uh, talking about when I mentioned about how you feel about exercise. You will have a judgment on exercise. And if, if, if you can change the way that you feel about it, right? So change the thing, sorry, change the, the exercise, change the mindset of exercise to more movement and training. And if you can't change the type of exercise, we can change the way that we're thinking about it. So we can change what movement and training means to you right so if you can't change if you don't like something change it and if you can't change it change the way you think about it so what is movement and training and what is the point in in this stuff so for me movement is everything that we do on a daily basis and we can call this neat which i'm going to explain in a little bit more detail later on and like i said training is that goal-driven purposeful um per, uh, positive and productive way of bettering ourselves whether it is getting stronger in the gym whether it's building muscle whether it's getting fitter whether it's getting faster whatever it's a productive pursuit it's not exercise to make ourselves smaller so that's movement and that's training movement you are doing all the time right now i'm standing up and i'm moving my arms i am moving right now doesn't mean that i need a gym doesn't mean that i need to spend ridiculous money on gym shark clothes or under armor trainers or anything like that all it means is that i'm moving my body if you've got a body doesn't matter whether you are, um, you know, you have a disability or you are fully able-bodied, or it doesn't matter what your situation is, right? You have a body that you can move, and we can we can all do some kind of movement. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. It might be a club. It might be um, going for a walk with your partner. It might be taking the dog out. It might be swimming. It might be running. It might be cycling. It might be going to the gym. It might be working out at home. It might be yoga. There's so many different things that you can do. It could be a sport. It doesn't have to be a one dimensional thing. No one can define what health and well-being means for you. And no one can define what movement and training means for you. You can write your own story when it comes to this stuff. So why do it? Why bother with movement and training? Well, first of all, foremost, energy it is brilliant for boosting energy. And particularly at this time of year, we can get very sluggish. We can be inside a lot. Windows can be closed because it's so cold outside. We're lacking fresh air. We're lacking daylight. We're lacking movement. And getting some movement and energy in, whether it's a walk, sorry, movement and activity in, whether it's a walk or whether it's a training session can really boost your energy. Like I said earlier, mental health. We know that it can release dopamine because that is that reward mechanism, that reward, the chemical that is released in anticipation of reward. For example, the first half of my workouts I don't normally love. But after the 50% mark, magically, the dopamine kicks in because I know the end is coming and I know that I'm, how great I'm going to feel by the end, I get, by the time I get to the end of the workout. And I've already done so much. My workout's already been so productive that the dopamine is firing and I'm feeling good. My music's kicking in. I've got some cheesy 90s and 80s on there and I'm, and I'm loving life. Also, the endorphins, that um, chemical that is there to help us basically relieve pain and to manage stress, the endorphins, particularly with cardio and vascular exercise, which I'm going to talk about later on, that starts firing. We feel great. We know it's great for our mental health. It's also time and space away from stresses in life. It helps us to build resilience as well, like I said. Really, really important. Cardiovascular fitness. That is the, the lungs, um, the heart, the sort of circulatory system, if you like, is involved as well. Of course, I think we, you know, from teaching science, we all know what the cardiovascular system is. We know that it's about strengthening our, our um, hearts, our lungs. It's great for mental health. Again, great for blood flow, great for overall just physical wellness. 
Then when we talk about more resistance training, we're starting to look at the benefits on muscle health and bone health. Now, yes, you might be in your late 20s, you might be in your 30s, maybe you're in the 40s, or maybe you are a bit older. doesn't matter what your age is. This is the kind of stuff that we need to start tackling now. doesn't matter how young you are. You might feel, well, I don't, I'm not going to get any aches or pains or, you know, I feel fine. We should all be able to get off the toilet without having to push ourselves up. We should all be able to get off the sofa without having to push ourselves up. We should all be able to bend down and tie a child's shoelaces um, or pick something up off the floor and then get up without any aches or pains, because that is what being fit and healthy constitutes, right? That is what we want. We don't want to be constantly in pain and, and stretching and stressing and, and feeling unfit. We want to feel like we can manage life, the day-to-day running of life. That's what we want, okay? And of course, as we get older, osteoporosis and sarcopenia, so bone and and muscle wastage that can kick in really really quickly so it's important to have strong muscles and strong bones things like tweaking your ankle is a lot less likely if you are training and you are moving your body weight management goes without saying if we are getting enough steps in and we are doing some training as well for whatever purpose it is gonna as a byproduct impact on our weight management we're going to find it a lot easier to maintain a healthy body weight Cognition, memory, focus, all this lovely stuff for the brain. Productivity, if you're someone that struggles with that, getting a workout in is going to be amazing. And sleep, if you're someone who struggles with sleep, but you're not moving very much at the moment, getting some movement in is going to massively benefit it. So you can see that the whole point of moving and training is for life, right? It really is something that we do for life. And right now, still, you might be thinking, yeah, I kind of know that stuff, but I don't really want to do it. don't really enjoy it. Just be open-minded with me today. So let's bust some myths. You guys know how much I love to bust a myth. Let's get into it. So check out my Santa mug as well. Sorry if you're on the podcast, you can't can't see that. Look at that. It's definitely Christmas now, the Santa mug's out. So myth busting time. Cardio is better for weight loss. Complete codswallop. Absolutely rubbish. Yes, you burn more calories technically by running or cycling or swimming compared to lifting weights. It makes sense, right? If you're on a treadmill running, you're running for 30 minutes. You're constantly moving. If you're lifting weights, you're doing short, sharp movements. Your muscles are contracting hard, but then you have rest periods between. So you compare the amount of time you're lifting a weight and your muscles are working when you're lifting weights compared to when you're running and then how much the muscles are working there. Of course, you burn more calories when you're doing the cardio. Of course you do. It's logical. But it also increases your appetite more, which means that people are more likely to eat more afterwards. And it also means that you are going to be a little bit less conscious of your nutrition because you kind of go in and you think, well, actually, I've just done loads of cardio. I can go and eat what I want. And you end up eating back loads more um, calories and therefore having a, a, a less optimal net if you like the other thing is that for me using cardio for weight loss is completely missing the wood for the trees like i said before you're missing all of those benefits that we just ran through if you're going in there going i need to run on this treadmill to make myself a smaller person you are missing everything cardio is amazing you can set yourself goals you can run a 5k you can run a 2k you might work up to a half marathon you might get in the pool and be able to do 50 lengths back to back without stopping you might be able to go on a massive hike you might be able to perform better in your sport you know you might join a netball team you might go to jazzercise think about all those benefits the friends you make the connections all of that comes from starting to work on a cardiovascular type of exercise none of it has got anything to do with your shape or your body or weight loss 
and you're missing the wood for the trees if we're only looking at cardio for weight loss. So cardio is not better because there's been many, many, many studies shown that if people were just left their own devices, they go, they burn more calories in the session, but they tend to eat more afterwards, therefore making it not better for weight loss. Again, you missed the wood for the trees if you're focusing on it. Next one, lifting weights makes you bulky. I've been lifting weights for over 20 years. I am not half as bulky as I'd like to be. I wish I was more bulky. I would love to be twice my size. And unfortunately, I am not because my consistency wasn't there in the beginning. My DNA doesn't allow it. I'm very, I'm like a pencil. I'm very tall and skinny. Okay. It is not just going to make you bulky by lifting weights. A lot of um, women in particular do worry that if they go and lift weights, they are going to become bulky and have a masculine physique and a masculine body. I know that this is probably the most I've talked about aesthetics and body body image and stuff with you for, for a long time because we don't, it's not something we focus on. But of course, it goes hand in hand with uh, training and movement. Trust me, lifting weights and growing muscle is a painfully slow process. Painfully. You're talking years upon years into decades to build a lot of muscle unless of course you use certain drugs that make it easier to build muscle and increase recovery like steroids and and human growth hormone and all these horrible things that that knock about in the bodybuilding industry protein is just for building muscle no not at all it's important for all recovery plus it's important for bone um, and overall health as well a uh, really common one I hear a lot of the time. I need, first of all, I need protein shakes. You do not need protein shakes. They're a supplement that can be there to help you out. But also you do not need one after training. It really depends, as we'll talk about, what you what you eat, your what we call peri-workout nutrition. So your nutrition before, during, and after your workout depends on the whole day. If you've had a really big breakfast and a, a normal size lunch, you're probably not going to need to eat a snack before you go for a 2 p.m. training session. Okay, and I'll, I'll tell you about that later. This is a, a key one for me. You can spot reduced body fat. Please be honest. Pop it in the chat. Be honest with me. Who has believed that you could do sit-ups to burn belly fat or squats to burn bum fat or to, to tackle cellulite on your, on your bottom? Or um, what else do we do? Um, tricep exercises to uh, to burn burn your bingo wings, as, as they horribly call them, that part of your body, right? Let me know in the chat. Come on, be honest with me. Who has believed before that they can spot reduce fat? I, I have 100%. I genuinely thought for a very long time that you could do sit-ups for belly fat. That was that was the key one, right? Sit-ups for belly fat. A few chats coming in. Who have we got? Yes, yes. Thought that until now. Absolutely fine. That's why we're here, right? We're here to learn. Love it. Thank you for your honesty. I really appreciate that. Excellent. Cool. First of all, you're making me feel better that it wasn't just me. <laughs> so... The way I want you to think about it is let's stick, stick with the, the belly fat example because it's one I don't like that belly fat I don't like it but it's something that we hear we see a lot of on social media. If you imagine right, you're lying on your back and you're going to do a sit up or, or a crunch right to to contract your stomach muscles. What you're doing there, if you put your hands on your stomach and you sort of sit up or, or bend over, you know, hinge at the hips, you can feel your your stomach muscles working right. You can squeeze them to feel them working underneath. What you're doing there has got nothing to do with the fat in that area, does it? It's about the, the muscles in those areas, that, that area. Now, just because the fat, the body fat, the adipose tissue, as we call it, the, the body fat is over the muscle that you're working. It's not like the muscle is here and the fat's here and the muscle's going to like burn the fat that's on top of it. Do you see what I mean? It's not, they're not connected. There's no way that that can happen. And if you think about it logically, when you think about it, it's, it's, it is a bit of a silly myth, isn't it? 
but it, it, I mean, it's, it's everywhere, right? Even Ronaldo did the marketing for that vibrating ab thing that was apparently supposed to give you abs. Load of cod swallow, absolute rubbish. Really, really doesn't work. Having uh, abs is just having very, very low body fat, to be honest, and, and working them slightly. But when you think about it, you know, these are your 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 uh, stomach muscles. You've got your body fat on top. By thinking that using these muscles is going to burn this, it basically means that we think that. The, the fat is connected to that muscle so to use the calories that are in that fat there, there's got to be some sort of pathway but just between these two and if you think about it logically if that was true and someone did loads and loads of sit-ups they could have like ripped six-pack you know tanned bodybuilder abs but they could have quite a lot of body fat on their arms and their bum and you never see that do you you never see someone with a lot of body fat in one area and not not very much in, in another really it's generally you know we, we all have genetics you might hold it on your hips you might hold it on your legs you might hold it a bit more in your arms we all have a genetic predisposition to where we store that body fat but actually it's never like super lean and shredded in one part and then very very uh with a lot of body fat in another part do you see what i mean whereas if that was true you would be you know you'd get guys with huge enormous arms but probably quite sort of um high fat legs because they don't really train legs very often right it doesn't happen you can't spot reduce body fat the way that we reduce body fat as we know we're in a calorie deficit <laughs> excuse me we're in a calorie deficit and that basically means that the the energy coming in is less than the energy your body needs or on net really uh, the energy coming in is less than your body needs on, on average to maintain itself so for example just to give you some numbers if you haven't heard me talk about this before um, and then we've got some new members we've got person a who needs 2000 calories to maintain their body weight as it is so through their rest their digestion their movement and their training they use up 2000 calories per day just just with all those things they need to eat 2000 calories to maintain their weight to maintain their muscle mass to maintain their body fat if they eat 1500 they are not feeding their body enough calories by a 500 that's that's a 500 calorie deficit that means that over the course of time they will lose body fat because their body basically goes oh crap like i still need 2000 calories you're not giving it to me through food or i'm doing more exercise so i don't have it spare because i've used it up on exercise bit of both you know i don't have that energy available i need to get it from somewhere i still need 2000 calories where can i look for it in extreme circumstances it might break down muscle, but that's very hard to do. And it doesn't happen very often. However, it will say, well, hang on, I've got all this stored. I've got all this stored energy. You know, remember though that time I ate, I overate by quite a lot for a few weeks or a few months or a few years. Okay, well, I stored all that energy away in, in my fat stores. So now I can break that down and I can use that for energy. And slowly but surely over time, your body fat levels reduce and it doesn't reduce in a certain place. Your, your DNA, your genetics will, will determine where that body fat will come from. Okay. And just as a, a rule of thumb, the first place it went on will be the last place it comes off. So what I mean by that is if you, if you think about maybe a weight gain journey that you've been on, there'll be a place that you realize that you were gaining weight first. It might be hips for me. It's my hips um, around the back, around my lower back. And the last place for me is my um, front, my front belly, if you like, and, and my chest, right? They're sort of the last places that I tend to gain body fat. So I know that if I'm feeling like I've gained a bit of body fat around my front, I know that it means I've probably gained quite a lot of weight. And when I start to lose weight, 
my chest will reduce in body fat first then my sort of front belly will reduce for a second and then finally if i really keep going my lower back fat will reduce because it go it comes off in reverse order the last place it went on it will be the first place you'll notice the changes so bit of a ramble there sorry about that but that is why you can't spot reduce body fat because it's determined by your genetics and that is not how fat and muscle work there's not that link between fat and muscle they're two different types of tissue they don't have that much of a link okay any questions chuck them in the chat because i know i've explained that was quite a technical bit there let any questions chuck it in the chat uh, and i will let you know there's no such thing as a fat burning exercise again it's not how it works all right technically if you want to get super technical if you were to exercise first thing in the morning without eating anything yes technically during that session let's say we take someone who's had dinner and done 30 minutes running and someone who's woken up fasted and does 30 minutes running yes technically the person who does it fasted does burn slightly more fat for fuel however if that person then goes and eats and isn't in a calorie deficit that day doesn't really matter does it so rule number one of uh, of body fat loss got to be in a calorie deficit first anything like the timing is like looking at the tiling of your roof before you've even built the foundations so don't worry about that you can't have an exercise a fat burning exercise it's not how the body works exercising fasted doesn't make it any better it's just about your overall day and then it's about your overall week and then it's about your overall month and then it's about your overall year do not waste your time, your effort and your energy worrying about fat burning exercises. They are complete cause wallop. If you look, see, see anyone talking about that, they're trying to get views on their Instagram page. They're trying to sell you a book or they're trying to sell you a plan of some sort. Right. It's complete rubbish. The health and fitness industry has got so many myths in it. You would be very, very upset if we went through the, all of them, because most of them are just just misleading you to, to basically go and buy a book or something like that. Anyway, I'm going to pause that there because I will go on a rant and, and you know what I'm like. Again, toning, what does muscle toning mean? People often say, okay, I want to tone up. What does that mean? It basically means reducing body fat in a particular area, which we can't do. We need to reduce body fat overall. So reducing body fat and then maintaining or maybe building a little bit of muscle. So if someone says, I want to tone up my arms, what they mean is they want to see the, the lean muscle in that area, right? They don't want sort of uh, body fat that wobbles. They want hard muscle in that area when they tense their arm. That's what they mean. And you could apply that to your abs, to your bottom, to, to your legs, whatever, right? That's what toning means. Reducing body fat and maintaining muscle. There's no, toning isn't an actual thing in the body. Toning doesn't exist. It's actually referring to those two separate things, which are, again, two opposite ends of the spectrum. So loads of myths about training and movement busted there. Sorry, if there's, if there's things that you believe for a while and I've just completely dispelled them, don't worry. And if you've got any questions about that, please let me know. I love that animation. Let's do that again. Right, moving on then. So I want to explain to you a little bit more about how your body actually uses the um, calories that you feed it. And the reason I'm going to do this is because I'm going to talk about this part here in a second, this moving part. I'm going to, I'm going to explain that, that a little bit more. You can see that over 70% or around 70% of the energy that your body burns on a daily basis is literally just by resting. Okay, so we call this your RMR, your resting metabolic rate, or your BMR, your basal metabolic rate. Two words that don't really mean much. All they need, you need to know is that when you lie down all day doing absolutely nothing, no steps, no movement, no digesting, zero, if you were sort of in bed for a week, you will still burn 70% of the calories because that's your brain, that's your body restoring, repairing, recovering. 70% come 
from just being, right? The next biggest part is going to be the movement, right? This is the amount um, of just movement and activity you do. Doing the cleaning, loading the dishwasher, going up and down the stairs, walking across the park, uh, car park. Um, what else can we do? Hanging the washing up, um, running around with the kids, you know, doing just dance, picking stuff up off the floor, just the movement, the everyday stuff that burns around 15 percent of the calories. And this is for the average, um, you know, average Joe public like, like you and I. Right. And this isn't for athletes or anything like that. Just normal people like us. So 15 percent is used by just moving. Ten percent, weirdly, 10 percent is used by digesting the food. So quite a lot of the energy in your food is used just to break it down, to digest it and to process it. And now the point that I want to make, and this is the reason I'm showing you for the average person, only five percent of the calories that you eat or the five percent of the calories that your body uses is done through formal planned exercise like going for a run lifting weights going for a swim uh playing a sport right only five percent so when somebody comes to me and says okay i want to lose body fat i want to lose weight i want to lose body fat which is what they mean if i went and said okay well, what you need to do is you need to get a gym membership that's going to cost you about 50 quid a month and then you need to go and buy some running trainers that's about 100 quid and then you need to go and get this supplement then you need to go and get some new leggings really then you need to go and get new you know new tank tops or running then you need to get you know these insoles for your shoes because your ankles now hurt and i i know i'm doing all this just to get them to exercise and to go and run on the treadmill what a waste of money time effort and energy because actually if weight loss is their goal just for a second to forget everything else I know we don't do that often, but just for a second, if weight loss is their goal, focusing on exercise is not where my attention is best placed. The place that my attention is best placed is, you can see, the moving part. Okay, that is where we want to place most of our attention. Yes, we'll have fitness goals. Yes, we want to get stronger. Yes, we want to get faster. But that comes later. If this person comes to me and says, I just want to drop a stone for a little while. I just want to get the ball moving. I want to build confidence. I want to build belief in myself. I want to improve my mindset, my relationship with my body and with food. If I go and say run on the treadmill for an hour a day, seven days a week, you're going to first of all run for the trees. And second of all, I, I don't know what I'm doing because I'm focusing on 5% instead of a 15%, which I really should be focusing on. So jumping to cardio on the treadmill is not always the best thing to do. Plus this quote is something I want you to remember. Exercise is a celebration of what your body can do, not a punishment for what you ate. And I really want, I want you to like take a picture of that. I want you to remember that one. Exercise is a celebration of what your body can do, not a punishment for what you ate. You will never hear me asking you to go, I know I'm beating on the treadmill a little bit here and some people love it, but I'm just gonna stick with it. I'm never gonna ask you to go and run on a treadmill because you ate a big Sunday lunch. One of the most damaging things I see on social media is people going to earn their food. You are getting on a very slippery slope there when it comes to relationship with food. Very, very slippery slope and relationship with exercise. You never have to earn food. You never have to burn off food because we give you the school uh, the schools, the skills and the tools to know better than that and to, to know what to do on a, on a much broader basis. Exercise is a celebration of what your body can do, not a punishment for what you ate. So. Going back to that chart I just showed you, talking about that 5% exercise and why focusing on cardio isn't the best thing and why focusing on moving more is the best thing. Let's look at what that can be. So we call this NEAT. So this is that activity, right? Like I said, this is moving around. This is cleaning, shopping, washing, walking, playing, teaching, parking further away, walking the long way around the school to the photocopier, going up and down the stairs instead of using a lift. 
it's taking your class out to do the daily mile at lunch uh, uh, in the middle of a, in the middle of the day. It's getting a lunchtime walking with a colleague to blow off some steam, have a bit of a natter. It's going out on playground duty and walking around and walking around the playground. It's tango teaching. So instead of just standing here or even worse, sitting down and teaching, you could be moving around and sort of dancing. Well, not actually dancing. This isn't the way I dance. But, you know, you could be moving around and you can be pointing and moving around the classroom and talking. Who remembers that time in COVID where you had to like stand in a box or sit down at your desk and you couldn't go near the children? How horrible was that? So many people realise how much they naturally move around the classroom. And that's great. We want to be moving around because it keeps you going. It keeps you feeling energised. Now, NEAT stands for, I'm not going to complicate it. It's non-exercise, basically. That's what the NE stands for. Non-exercise activity. Okay, the last letter, the T, stands for thermogenesis, which is just the burning, basically, the creating of creating of heat through burning calories is what it means. So non-exercise activity is what I want you to remember. So neat non-exercise activity is all these little things. And the brilliant thing about this is that we can somewhat measure this in steps, which is why we talk about that. But you can do this whenever you want. You don't need a certain body type for this or even for any type of training for that matter of fact you do not need a gym membership you do not need anything you it's not it's not a closed off elite club to go out for a walk anybody can do this stuff right anyone can do this doesn't even if somebody was in a wheelchair they can still increase their activity by using their arms by doing certain exercises by moving their body more everyone can access this and this is why i love neat everyone has the ability to increase the amount they are moving their body it doesn't have an agenda it doesn't have a criteria we can all do it and the other brilliant thing is that it's little and often and this compounds over time i was speaking to someone earlier and we said i think we said that they are averaging at the moment about 6000 more steps per day than they were previously that's 42,000 steps a week. That's 168,000 steps a month that this person is doing more of. I think they're here. You're awesome, right? There's loads, that many more steps, nearly 200,000 more steps a month. Imagine that in a year, right? That is, uh, I'm not even sure the maths on that. It's a huge, huge amount. And all they've done is think about moving a little bit more. And it's really, really important to, to, to value this movement and this neat. Doesn't mean that you need to go and sweat it out on a treadmill. So moving on then, cardiovascular training. What's the point of it and why is it so important? You can see these people on a uh, trampoline there, awesome type of cardiovascular activity. Again, you might just be on a trampoline for fun. You might not be thinking about training, but you are at the same time. So what, what, what's, what does it do? What are the signs of it? So we have an increased heart rate because our heart is working more. Um, again, I'm not going to label this one because we all I think we all know this stuff. Increased breathing rate. We know that um, blood pressure can increase whilst we're doing this. But overall, it helps to keep blood pressure lower because our heart and our lungs and our circulatory system, if you like, um, they're all working more efficiently. They're healthier. Your heart is stronger. Mostly it's a big part of it. Great for health and longevity, um, tendons, ligaments flexibility, mobility, all these things benefit from some cardio training. And again, it could be running, it could be playing a sport, it could be cycling, swimming, whatever, right? We know that they, they release um, the feel-good hormones and neurotransmitters, the chemicals in our brain, endorphins. We know that often it releases dopamine as well because it's the reward one. Great for mental health. And the most important thing is do what you enjoy. Do what you enjoy. Moving on then, resistance training. This is a little bit more complicated and it's one that I'm gonna spend a little bit longer on. Before I move on, I have a quick sip of my tea. Let me know in the chat, so far, what has stood out from you from tonight's session? What have you learned that you didn't know before? Why has that gone back to black? 
don't know. Um, let me know what you that you've learned that you didn't know before. Let me know uh, something you're going to take away. Let me know something you're going to change. Just pop a little takeaway in the box for me. Get that done for me now, guys. Let me go through these chats as I quickly have a sip. Awesome. Thank you for your honesty, guys. I hear. Sam thought that about the the um the sort of uh, burning burning uh spot reducing body fat. Charlotte believed that. Holly believed that. Yeah, uh, me too, Holly. Absolutely obsessed with it. I really genuinely thought that's how it works. Teresa too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Sam. Oh, bless you. Yeah. Get rid of get rid of my pot, pot pelly. Yeah, I hear that all the time. Yeah, and, and unfortunately. These sort of myths can be quite generational, can't they? I remember, I remember my mum talking about not eating bread, and actually, what she was doing, she was she was eating six slices of bread and butter a day, and bread and peanut butter, and she stopped doing that, and she lost like two stone over the course of a few months. This was when I was much younger, and then what did she do? She told all her friends that you know bread is evil and bread causes fat uh, fat gain, and you shouldn't eat bread. It wasn't the bread; it was the calories and the amount of bread that she was eating. Um, yeah, I think these things are generational a lot of the time, aren't they? And again, the science of all this stuff wasn't really when when those that generation was you know younger. The science of this stuff wasn't really about, and there's still a long way for it to go. Always remember my PT telling me we can do these exercises, but it will not get rid of fat. It will help develop muscle. Absolutely, absolutely, Teresa. And, and actually, if you think about a sit up, if you want to, if you're wanting to reduce belly fat, you're growing the muscle beneath the fat which is actually going to make your stomach, not that it's about how you look at all, but it's going to make your belly stick out more, you know, isn't it really? Because you're developing the muscles. And that's not to say don't do sit-ups, not at all. But what I'm saying is it's just important to know what you're doing and why you're doing it. And we've all got abs. Some are better hidden than others. Yeah, absolutely. Alice, mine are very well hidden by this point in the year. It's been my birthday and we're heading into Christmas. And I and I probably have never had a better relationship with food. And there are no abs to be seen on me. And I am very happy with that. Uh, Katie, I need to increase daily movement. Didn't realise it was such a large percentage. Absolutely. Yeah, huge percentage. Neat versus eat. Yes, 100%. Eat being that exercise activity. Uh, I'm raging if I don't get to the gym, even though my steps are high. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's about looking at what's the what's the sort of thing you want to focus on the most. Personally, the way that I and this is my approach to it all. Um, and I'm not working particularly towards any sort of like training goal, big goals at the moment. Really, like I said, for me, it's my mental health, number one. Um, for me, it's it's get my neat in. So get my steps up nice and high, get my overall activity nice and high. And then for me, the training sort of comes secondary. There aren't many days that I hit my training session, but I haven't hit eight to ten thousand steps. And I usually hit about 5,000 before about eight o'clock in the morning anyway, by going for a morning walk and then the, the rest sort of clock up throughout the day. So for me, it's like a morning walk takes care of my, my steps, takes care of my neat. And then my eat, my exercise, um, sort of, you know, my training happens as, as a separate sort of thing in, in my mind. Um, so uh, to focus on the 15%, yes, Charlotte, focus on the moving more compared to just the exercise to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. And as goals develop, as your journey develops, you know, yes, you're going to focus on different things. You might want to run a 5K. You might want to do caps of 5K. You might just want to be able to jog between two lampposts. You might want to lift weights. You might want to get really you know, strong. I know we've got people here that train CrossFit. You know, you might want to get into that sort of amazing community and that sort of that that kind of place. You know, that's, that's sort of awesome. But for the beginning, just increasing movement, you know, um, we, me and someone else who's watching were talking about this earlier, just how amazing it is that you can just move more and how how much can benefit you mentally and physically awesome 
Kareen says walking is really important. Exercise is celebrating what your body can do. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Um, learn that absolutely killing myself swimming um, at the gym and uni was so misguided. Yeah, absolutely. So detrimental, so damaging, sorry, to my mental health. So I'm going to focus on doing it for complete wellness only. Yes. I've literally, Alice, did that myself. Got in the pool and swam and swam and swam. And it was never satisfied because it was just about changing what my body looked like. Didn't didn't even clock that I, I I was able to do like eighty lengths almost back to back with like a few breaks every now and then. Huge amount of fitness I built during uni. Well, that very very last year, the first two years were less successful. Um, but was still not happy. Couldn't even recognise the awesome achievements because I was so fixated on what does my body look like, and that didn't change that much because I didn't change my nutrition. You know, so yeah, love that. Absolutely brilliant. Does going out for a walk count as neat your exercise? No, no, Katie, great point. Now, this is a bone of contention. This is, th- thinking about it logically, I th- for me personally, I count it as neat because I'm not going out trying to exercise. I'm going out for a gentle stroll for my mental health first thing in the morning because it wakes me up. So for me, I class that as neat. But you're right. Technically, if you plan in a walk, surely it becomes exercise and not non-exercise. That's a really strange sort of like point, isn't it? Completely depends. Personally, I still count mine as neat because I count it as part of my moving round. Because I'm sat down quite a lot of the day, I count it as part of my steps, part of my general movement. I don't count it as exercise. But you're right, because it's if it's non-exercise activity, not planned activity, and then you plan it in, it starts to become exercise. <laughs> um, does it depend on if you raise your heart rate? Yeah, yeah. And I think... If you go by that definition, Alice, it does become exercise because you will raise your heart rate. Even if you're going for a gentle walk, your heart rate will raise up. You know, I can't remember what mine goes up to about 90 or 100, I think, when I'm going for like, oh, I, I do walk quite quickly, to be honest. And it mine's usually around 47 to 50, my resting heart rate. So mine does sort of go up quite a lot when I'm when I'm walking in the morning. So I guess it is exercise. But I just mentally, I don't think about it like that. My mindset around it is just, it's just my activity. Just put my headphones in, listen to a podcast, listen to some music, get some time outside. That's for me, that's that's my that's my neat, not my exercise. Um I, I do movement and I do training. That's sort of my two brackets, if you like, if you like. Um, does that mean that you have to move more, even more as the walking doesn't count? Um, no, this is it, Karine, I count it all as one. So the way that I do it, I don't really use, I mean, my watch is, is on its last leg, so it keeps going on and off for me. Um, so I don't really look at it at all. But for me, it's, I look at my steps and then I look at my gym workouts, my training. That's for me, that's how I work it. So for you, Corinne, it might be your your steps and then it might be your classes that you do, like jazzercise and stuff. Do you see, do you see what I mean? Now, if you are someone who is quite sedentary during the day, I would say just focus on your steps. Focus on your steps as one thing as your neat. And then if you go for a swim, if you go for a class, if you go for a run, if you go and play netball, that's your training over here. Okay, because those are the things that you can set goals with. You can get faster, you can get stronger, you can improve mobility and flexibility. Your training is your what you, we used to think of as our exercise, but training are things that we can set goals in our morning walks, our evening walks, taking the dog out, doing the washing, doing the shopping. That's our neat. That's our, that's our activity. So I don't really use the word neat often. I talk about movement and I talk about training. Is that all right? Can you just give me a thumbs up that I've explained that? Okay. I feel like I've confused it with movement being the same as neat 
and exercise, eat and training all being the same. <laughs> I feel like I've confused you there. Give me a thumbs up if that makes sense. I'm going to say it one more time before I move on. You, you're going to be sick of me hearing it. Um, neat and movement are the same thing over here. And my daily steps, my walks, my shopping stuff goes there. And then I have my move, I have my training, which I used to call my exercise, which is for me is my gym workouts. For other people, it might be Sam, it might be your your bike sessions, your spin sessions. Uh Karina, it might be jazzercise, you know, it might be swimming for someone, might be netball. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Movement, training. I'm gonna leave it there before I've repeated myself 20 times. Anyway, let's get back into it. So Almost there, guys. Just got a couple more things I want to talk to you about. So resistance training. What is resistance training and why is it so important? That was my cup, by the way. Don't be thinking anything else. I just dragged my cup across the table. <laughs> so resistance training. What is it? How does it work? Resistance training can be anything that puts your muscle under sort of repeated resistance. So what I mean by that is it could be body weight. So it could be, I won't do it now, but it could be some squats, air squats, body weight squats. It could be press ups. It could be sit ups. It could be pull ups. Um, you know, these body weight things using your, your, your body weight, right? That is putting the muscle under resistance, uh, uh, under tension. So for example, if somebody was to do a squat, you're squatting down and then, oh, in my ankle click, you're squatting down uh, and then your muscle is under tension, it's contracting and then you're squeezing and pushing up and again, under tension. So you've got a, a lengthening part where the muscle is under tension, but lengthening. So you're going down in a squat and then you've got the contracting part where the muscle muscle is contracting but it's squeezing up right so a, again a bicep curl the muscle is tensed but it's moving it's lengthening and then the muscle is tensed but it's contracting okay so that's what resistance training is and you can do this in lots of different ways with your body weight with free weight so barbells dumbbells with cables so you know in the in the gym you see the machines that you can sort of do a cable fly with you can do sort of um tricep push downs with you could do um, lateral raises with the, with the cables on the machine that you can put different handles on right uh, you've got resistance bands as well so lots of people use these during lockdown it could be loop bands which are just 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 a loop or they could be sort of um just uh sort of lateral bands where there's just a big long stretchy band basically so you there's lots of different ways excuse me that we can put the the, the muscles under tension now the key thing here if you want to change your strength, your your recovery, your um, your muscle size, your your muscle definition, whatever it is, we need to be progressively overloading. Excuse me, we need to progressively overload the muscle. So literally, all that means is that over time we make it harder. If you go into the gym and you lift ten kilos and you lift ten kilos for a month, you're going to get stronger, and those ten kilos are going to get easier and easier and easier. If you keep lifting 10 kilos, you're not going to get any stronger because the body's already adapted and gone, oh crap, like I need to get stronger to lift these 10 kilos, gets as strong as it needs to, and then it stops. The body isn't going to keep getting stronger when it doesn't need to, because that's really hard for the body to do. It takes a lot of um a lot of uh, mind-muscle connection. It takes a lot of um, changes in the brain. It takes a lot of changes in the muscle. It's really hard to build muscle and, and to build that mind-muscle connection. Really, really difficult. These neuro pathways to the muscle, really hard to do. So it will get as strong as it needs to. If you then add another two kilos and keep going, the muscle is going to get stronger and it's going to get bigger and you're going to be able to um, lift more. If you put 14 kilos, you can get stronger, 15 kilos, uh, 16 kilos, 18 kilos. So progressively overloading it, the easiest way to progressively overload is to make things harder. 
You can use cables with more uh, bands with more resistance. You can put a backpack on and put some books in it when you're doing your squats. There's loads of different ways to make things harder. Okay, but a big one is, is adding weight to the exercise. You could increase the sets. So I'm going to explain sets and reps now. If somebody comes in again, just just bicep curls, and they pick up the, the dumbbells and they do. Um, 10 reps so they go one two three four five six seven eight nine ten hopefully a lot slower than that because if you see people in the gym they're not really working the muscle they're just working the hips okay they're probably just doing this <laughs> um swinging from side to side what you want is to be gently um and slowly contracting the muscle nice and slow so you can feel it and then nice and slow on the way down nothing nothing you know sweating isn't a sign that you're burning calories it's not a sign that you're building muscle it's just a sign that you're hot Okay, sweating doesn't equal necessarily a good workout. Okay, so when it comes to training muscles, quite often and building muscle, it's about slow contraction and that mind muscle contraction uh, connection. Sorry, in in the body. So I've just done ten reps there. Okay, and I've done one set of ten reps. So basically, sets are like your groups of, and reps are like the single repetitions. So I do ten repetitions. I do three lots of them, for example, three groups of 10. I've done 30 reps in total, but I've done three sets of 10. Okay, you can increase how many sets you're doing. So I could do four sets of 10. I could increase the reps. So I could do three sets of 12 or three sets of 15. Totally up to you how you do it. There are um, benefits to doing it in different ways, which I'm not going to talk about today. You can increase the weight. You can increase the frequency. So you could train more often. You could train legs three times a week instead of once a week and you can increase the intensity so you can decrease the rest time you can have more intensity in your workouts you might do um two exercises back to back so this might this is what we call a superset so you might do press-ups followed by pull-ups right or if you're really fancy you could do a giant set which is three exercises which is killer so you could do squats into press-ups into lunges for example okay so supersets is two things back to back giant sets of three things back to back why bother doing resistance training what's the point we build muscle which can be great for aesthetics if that's part of your goal if muscle tone is part of your goal if body shape is part of your goal strength longevity of the muscles bone connective tissue strengthening really really important muscle tone and body shape so loads of benefits to resistance training resistance training isn't for bodybuilders it's not just for for uh, males it is for everyone you know, I've seen 60, 70 year old people in the pool with their with their weights. Right. That is resistance. The water is providing a resistance. Their light foam weights are uh, providing the resistance they need. That is technically resistance training. Of course, for them, it's a bit of cardio as well. Now, when it comes to resistance training um, and actually really any training, it's really important to remember the three stages. We know that stress plus rest equals growth. That goes for you mentally on a mindset level with managing your well-being, and it goes for your body as well. Stress plus rest equals growth. So we're going to go into the, I'm going to say the gym, but you know, at home, wherever you are at the park, at the gym, you're going to go and you're going to do your training session and you're going to work out. You're going to stress the body. You're going to challenge the body. If you're doing a particularly hard session, you're going to tear muscle fibers, particularly if you're resistance training, you're going to be damaging the muscle fibers. So they grow back thicker, bigger and stronger over time. And you're going to build the mind muscle connection and the neuro pathways as well. You're going to, all that stress is going to be going on in the session. Then you're going to go home. You're going to refuel. Okay. You're going to have, if you haven't eaten for a little while, you might have a meal containing some protein and some carbs. You might have a snack and a protein shake. You might have a banana and a protein shake. Loads of different ways to do it. If you've just eaten before your workout, 
you know, an hour before your workout, you've had some protein and some carbs, then you probably don't need to worry about eating just after. There used to be this big myth that you have to have protein within an hour. And they used to call this the anabolic window, which that sounds fancy, but it basically means muscle building window. It's complete codswallop. It doesn't exist, right? It, 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 technically it does, but it's about a three to five hour period. So nothing happens if you don't eat some protein straight after a training session. What you can look at is this extended window, particularly if you've eaten really well during the day, you can have a meal two hours after your workout or three hours after your workout, as long as you're not hungry and keeling over, obviously, if you need to eat, you need to eat, but there's no need to rush down a protein shake or have a protein shake at all. Just remember, it's all about the overall day. It's about your nutrition over the course of a day. General rule of thumb, if you're really hungry before, don't go in hungry, have a snack before some carbohydrates, maybe a little bit of protein in there, which will be great. Um, and then afterwards, if you're really, really hungry afterwards, again, give it a little bit of time to let things settle. Um, particularly for, you know, people who feel a bit nauseous after a workout or whatever, give it half an hour to an hour, have a little snack, leave it a few hours, have your dinner. Just, you know, I'm thinking about someone who's training in the evening. So, you know, leaving work, uh, or having a snack at four, leaving work at five, training at half five, um, home for home for seven, have your dinner at half past seven works out fine. You don't need any fancy fan dangled protein shakes or protein bars or any of that stuff just normal eating is fine just make sure you're eating some protein in there as well so we're refueling and then we're recovering we're having good quality sleep we're having rest days we're staying well hydrated you're maybe doing some stretches between sessions you're recovering the body okay and that guys is honestly as complicated uh, as it's got to be final quote to finish this off then make your body an instrument not an ornament i love that one you are an instrument you are here to be strong and fit and healthy doesn't matter what your gender is you can lift weights right you can be a badass you can be strong you can be fit you can be fast you can be all these things make your body an instrument not an ornament none of us are here to look pretty we're not here to be looked at we are here to do stuff right and it doesn't matter whether for you that is getting super and strong and great at yoga and being able to hold your body weight off the floor or whether it is about deadlifting you know 100 kilograms off the floor or if it's just being you know um strong enough to stand up off the sofa without any aches or pains and lower back pain and knee pain you know you've got some strong glutes and quads and you know bum and bum in front of your legs and strong hamstrings that might be it for you it doesn't matter what it is but just know that you are an instrument you're not here to be you're not an ornament right you're here to be useful to, to use that body you've got an amazing gift you know if you're part of this team you've got an amazing gift that you're in this place already you've got this awesome opportunity to, to get yourself to be super strong and believe me when you get strong physically it makes you so strong mentally it really really does the process to get to go through to train to get fit to get healthy makes you mentally robust it really really does Final slide that I'm going to finish on tonight, guys. Um, what time are we doing? Oh, by me, almost an hour. Sorry, guys. Um, it's because I rambled. Um, final slide just for me to finish on. Choose your training, right? Don't choose my training. Don't choose the person, not next to you, but virtually next to you. Don't choose your partner's training. Don't choose your best friend's training. Do something that you enjoy. And what I'd really encourage you to do is if you are going to get, you know, you're going to move on from movement and neat and you're going to move towards training, a little bit more go and try 10 different things speak to some people at work say oh well, you know do you do you go down to the gym do you go to a yoga class do you play netball find some people that you know 
who do different things and ask them if you can just tag along with them. Because let's be honest, it's always easier to go with a friend, first of all. Or you might be really confident. You might want to go without a friend. You might have a friend that does CrossFit. You might have a friend that does yoga, uh, netball, like I said, swimming. They might go to park run on a Saturday morning. They might just, you know, I don't know, like to, I don't know, what else do people do? Go for a cycle. You know, there's all these different things that you can do. Swimming. Find some people that do different things. Ask them if you can tag along. Try out as many different things as you can. Find out what you personally enjoy. The social element is really, really important for some people. And for some people, it's the opposite. I personally don't like training with other people because it's my alone time, right? I like to be by myself and have my cheesy music in and just and just dance about, to be honest. And, you know, I don't like don't like to stop in between sets and chatting and sort of oh, is it me is it you and yeah i just like to, to crack on so different people like different things but if you like it social go for a club go for something where you can chat and stuff like park run if you prefer it alone try doing it alone again things to think about don't underfuel yourself when you're about to go and train you know we don't want to be training hungry please don't focus on training for burning calories you know don't don't think about exercise think about training you're here to build productive and purposeful and positive right choose the things that you enjoy varieties of spice of life choose lots of different things what gets measured gets managed if you're going to train not just move if you're going to train set some goals record things get an app to help you out use your watch ask a friend to time you it doesn't matter what it is choose something that you can manage because you can beat your pbs and it doesn't matter whether you're running a 5k in an hour and then you get to run a 5k in 55 minutes doesn't matter what the times are. It's all relative to you. You're only here to compete with yourself. You're not here to beat or compare yourself to anyone else. Comparison is the thief of joy. Make it quick. Make it easy. If you're really, really pinched for time and you don't have all this time in the world to do this stuff, make it a 15 minute hit workout at home. Hit workouts get bashed on a lot after the whole Joe Wicks. You know, he loved hit workouts. He really promoted them. Some people are really in the fitness industry really bash on it and say, oh, it's no good for building muscle. Sometimes, funny enough, people don't want to build muscle. Some people want to get a bit sweaty and jump around and release some endorphins. And that is absolutely bloody fine. You don't need to have to, you know, be building muscle or worry about what you look like. You might just want to get sweaty and feel like you've done something. And that is fine. That is still training because you might do one session and you might do one session and, and the start of the next one you might do the same session in half the time there's loads of ways to make this training right there's loads of ways to to, to move this one above all like i said please 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 do not think about this for burning calories please just think about this for health for well-being for the productive positive things we spoke about tonight and not just making yourself a smaller person because that guys is not what we are here for Anyway, team, I'm going to stop the podcast now. So if you're listening back on the podcast, it's been a long one tonight. Apologies for such a long session. I've rambled. I think I might be a bit tired. Uh, thanks for joining me and I'll catch you really soon. Yeah.